0: This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne.
1: At the time of this recording, there's a lot of stuff in the news Mm -hmm. about race and racism. Mm.
2: Indeed there is, yeah.
1: Hashtag... Black Lives Matter, hashtag George Floyd, hash, you know, all this stuff, mm. uh, demonstrations, protests, rioting, all the different things are happening in the news. Mm-hmm. And even though w- w- with Thrive Perspectives, and this is episode 10, you know, we're, we're just uh, into our double figures here, mm. uh, we don't want it to be too reactionary. Mm. You know, I don't want it to be too knee-jerky. Yeah but sometimes the overwhelming flood of questions coming in yeah. means that, you know what, we might press pause on what we were going to do and talk a little bit about what, yeah. what you know, is going on in culture. Yeah, You know, because we live in the culture that we live in. That's right. So if we didn't get cancelled, l- l- you know, <laughs> last episode talking about gender, sexuality and everything like this, we're going to attempt to get cancelled. This one talking about... A Christian worldview, a perspective on race and racism. And
2: why would we get cancelled for that?
1: (laughs) Because, number one, you're you're a white boy. Okay. I'm a white boy. Okay. uh, And we don't have, um, you know, um, uh, somebody here to speak. You know, for some people... We wouldn't be have we, we don't have a position to speak into that okay um, so well well
2: i think I think the approach that we're going to take which is what I believe is a Christian approach is going to demonstrate that level of humility yes so i, I um, yeah and, and and that I think that will unfold as we as we discuss this because um, the important thing about a Christian approach is not just looking at what we think but how we Access the whole thing, and actually, in most of this, I want to talk about how we approach this That's issue.
1: A good, really. Yeah. And, and and again, let's let's be totally honest, and, we, and we'll and unpack a few different things to be to begin with as we go in here. I this is a topic that I don't feel very comfortable in talking about. I feel very assured, and I know what I believe and think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Very comfortable in who I am and what I think about everything. Okay. When people want to talk about this issue, I usually will say something that is politically incorrect, and mm. people might get upset. Mm. Uh, I had one uh, dear, uh, you know, friend and a, and a fellow believer really get upset with me because I did not agree yep. with the common consensus about certain stuff. This is last. Mm. This is a conversation that went back last year. And she actually turned around and said to me, mm. she said, actually, you have no, no right speaking into this subject mm. because you're, you know, a white Australian. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to have to play this card in my little deck here. I don't want to play this card because it sounds really corny. But I married an African woman and I'm raising, and I made three African, half African boys. Mm. And I do have a dog in the fight. And I do have a place to speak in this because I'm a human being and mm. I'm a Christian, you know, type of thing. Um, but even though, even if you don't have, like, again, even if you don't have that card in your in your deck, if you know what I mean, I believe that everybody should be allowed to speak into this subject.
2: Yeah, and and. The right posture is all important here. If yes. it's standing on the outside, looking yeah. in, and making exactly. declarations, no, yeah. authoritative declarations over the top of it all, no, uh, to me that is the really the wrong way of approaching this, Amen. and that'll come out in what follows. But yeah, yeah, I, it, that is out there.
1: Yeah, let me get, let me give some definitions. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so, if we're going to talk about race and racism and the Bible, of course, I think we need to de- de- determine. What race and racism is
2: mm-hmm.
1: because some people have different definitions even yeah, yeah, you know, right, today yeah. today of race. Uh, if you look at the definition of race when it comes to human beings, it's incredibly interesting word study because it actually evolves over the last few hundred years mm-hmm. The origin of thinking about a, the human race actually started about more about political, linguistic Mm-hmm. national boundaries, yeah. and I believe that's what we see in the in the scriptural way of thinking.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's more nationalistic. It's that's more right. nationalistic
1: yeah. and it's more about yeah, languages. Right. Even in the book of Revelation yeah. that we're doing in a study at the moment, it keeps going on about nations and languages and every tongue and every Every people. nation, every tongue. It's yeah. that
2: parallelism is there. Yep, yeah, that's right.
1: Whereas, and again, not to throw anybody under the bus, but let's mm. throw him under the bus. I have no problems about this the rise of evolutionary thinking and evolutionary biology with Charles Darwin made people stop and go, well, hang on, maybe the races as they evolved in different areas have different, you know, there's innate qualities within, you know, how people. And so there was, you know, positive sides of that type of study coming out where people were really interested in classifying and noticing Mm. the differences. The negative side of that study, I th- I think, was for some it, it it gave them an excuse to say that I am better than that person because I'm I'm more evolved.
2: Yeah, and and there's a lot of uh, racism that it, that ha- we have encountered in the well in the late 20th century, for example, the Rwanda massacres when yes. the Hutus massacred the Tutsis. The the difference between those two people groups yep. and, and the contention between them occurred because. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, because anthropologists actually declared that the Tutsis were more highly evolved than the Hutus, and so they were given greater yep. positions of influence. And uh, and so, it, in a way, Europeans actually created that tension, which then imploded on itself and in a, the nineties. And
1: not to bring out and again, it's it's a it's a tired uh, trope to trot this one out, and I hate as soon as people mention this this person's name, it's usually the argument is dead and finished, but you just have to look into uh, what happened in Nazi Germany Germany with the worst of what happened underneath Hitler to see how evolution and racism, you know, happens. happens like that. So we've defined, we've loosely defined race. Defining racism can be a little bit harder in the year 2020. I think one thing that we... Because there's a lot of stuff being tacked onto it, you yeah. know, with identity politics and stuff like that and politics sort of coming into it. But I think when it comes down to it, racism at its very core and what it's always been about and I believe it is still about is is the innate belief that I am better than the yeah. other because I am somehow more superior, yeah.
2: so that that accounts for a kind of racism that actually was around before Darwin. Yes, uh, it's that colonial style racism where yep. we as Europeans are more technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. There's a real, there's something really. I mean, there's a lot that's very problematic about that view um, of what, what we regard as more advanced. Yes, by what measure? Yeah, are we yep. using? And and so particularly um, the kind of Enlightenment period. Um, Where they developed a kind of scientific sophistication. That was how they described themselves. Yes. That created a real superiority, sense of superiority. um, And then particularly once the whole colonial um, phenomena emerged, Mm -hmm. then that translated into the idea of primitive. Yes. We're civilised. Yep. They're primitive, Yep. and that whole divide occurred out of that.
1: And and then following on from that, and so so when we talk about racism, I think what we're really talking about is an innate belief of superiority, judged on something, whether that is a skin color, a mm-hmm. culture, you know, the person that you come, you know, you come from, type of thing. And that's, I think, that's the essence of what we might be talking about here. And the other thing that I think we need to do right at the beginning of this episode um, is to be is to. Be honest and own the fact that both, uh, you know, our shared national culture, which is Australia, mm. and our 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 Christian history, there have been issues in both of those yeah, where right. people people in the name of being Australian or in the name yep, of being correct. being part of the church have used some sort of thought of superiority over others, yep. and we would both decry that yep. right at the beginning and say. We own that as part of the history of, of who we are. Yeah. Not personally who we are yeah. but where we come yeah. from. Yeah, totally. And we, we, we disavow that, you know, whatever whatever words you want to yeah. use. So we say all of that at the beginning to sort of bring this, yeah. you know, we're all on a level playing field here to talk about this. So what does the Bible say about racism yeah. and what should be our yeah. view about racism?
2: Yeah. So, so first of all, I think it's worth... Uh, recognizing that the Bible is actually the first document ever to assert that all men are equal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because no one ever thought that in the yep. ancient world. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it, every – and again, people uh, thinking much more nationalistically, so this people group and that people group. and um, But they, in a polytheistic society, said that, no, well, our gods are the greater gods and they like us more and so forth. So there was – that polytheistic society fed fed into that because yep. it was gods against gods, and ours are the best, and yours are the, you know so forth. Uh, so, so there certainly wasn't, and and also there lacked any sense that the that human beings were the children of the gods, let alone one god. Yeah, and it was only the idea that there is only one god over yep. all of humanity, yep. and that all humanity are, as Paul says in. Acts seventeen: All humanity are his offspring. Yes, <laughs> that creates a sense of inherent equality of all mankind. I mean, that, that's basically the fundamental. It doesn't actually get much more complicated than that. Yeah, that all human beings are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and actually, even our diversity reflects the image of God. Yeah. In as we connect with each other, and that the you know, Paul's concept of the diversity in the body I know that's talking about the church, but that kind of diversity, um, is even seen in I mean, different kinds of people, even within a culture, yeah, let alone different cultures and different, uh, you know, different races. Uh, so they on the whole, according to the Bible, there's actually not much significance given to in fact there's no significance given to skin color it's not even really discussed no. uh, that someone has this colored skin and someone has that colored skin it just doesn't even enter into it so it's actually seen as completely a completely insignificant difference mm. no more significant and i remember hearing uh, an amazing speech by desmond tutu when he came to australia i think it was in the 80s and where he he highlighted this fact the fact that you know according to god me having black skin and you having white skin is as insignificant as me having a big nose and you having a small nose amen it amen. has absolutely no so to make judgments based
1: on whether you have a small and you, you just explained yeah. that so uh, so beautifully and, and I think and I think you mentioned in passing and I think this is a great verse to sort of give us uh, a bit of a groundwork as well is that address and it's, it's such an amazing um, part of uh, the, the story of Acts, the story of Paul. Mm. Paul in Athens talking, you know, talking to the men of Athens and he gives this amazing speech in, in Acts 17. Yeah. And part of that is his description of mankind and God that basically, and there's a few different ways it's translated, but we are, one, like we are all the descendants of one man. Yeah, that's right. We are the descendants of one man. Uh, well, some translations will say we are all of one blood. Yeah. No matter where we live. Yeah, that's right. And that's so important. And, yeah. and, and, and Paul's point there is we're all on a level playing field before God and God wants us all to come before him and have that right relationship with
2: him. Yeah, that's right. Now, now, some people might look at the Old Testament and see racism there because of the focus on Israel, you know, Jew and Gentile. Yes. But that has a completely different um, theological significance. It's actually got nothing to do with race. It's to do with those who are God's people in the sense of who have entrusted themselves to God yes. and those who have not. Yep. But throughout the Old Testament there is always envisaged from the moment of Abraham, in fact, even... You know from the beginning there yep. is always envisaged this sense that God intends to be the God of all the world and yes. to reach out to all human beings and that's made explicit of course oh, in the New Testament
1: a, a hundred times over and the and the, a couple of points let's let's run through them really quickly because somebody might be listening who has been raised in some sort of church or read some sort of literature that has fueled some sense of racial superiority like as yep. and when I mean racial superiority I'm talking about skin color or where you're from uh, some of the ideas that are trotted out is uh, that are wrong interpretations of scripture, and we'll smash these down really yeah. quickly. The mark of Cain. Yeah. Uh, 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 some people taught early on that the mark of Cain was black skin, and that yeah. the you know, and and again, you're shaking your head, Matt. <laughs> it's like this, ridiculous. Yeah, th- yeah. There is no. Um, you know, uh, there is no uh, Jewish tradition in that. There's no historical no. evidence. There's
2: nothing. That I- was completely read into the text by yeah. uh, white supremacists at some point in history. And exactly. And it's quite ridiculous. Uh,
1: the other one is other, other times of judgment, whether that is on one of Noah's sons, yeah. one of the descendants or anything like that, that somehow there is a judgment that these people will be lesser and serve other people. That was almost like, see this is a reason why we have slaves or this is a reason yeah. why the black person or the whatever person is underneath us none of that is is any you know has yeah. anything to do about the no, skin color it
2: doesn't and and one of the ones there is genesis 9 when uh, when uh, ham you know comes in and yes. sees father yes. sees his father naked Noah. and and, and Yep, Noah, and he doesn't cover him, and then Noah declares a curse yep. upon Ham, but he actually refers it to Canaan, yep. and you know he said, "Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of all slaves, um, will he be to his brothers?" Um, and you know, first of all, Noah do it. The text doesn't say that Noah should have done that, or it was even necessarily right to do that, or. No. Um, but even however you take that, um, there is a sense of uh, there's there's a th- theological thing going there because the canaanites became they they were, <laughs> were not you know they were not people of color or you know it was yeah. it's referring to it's anticipating a tension yes between the canaanites and the shemites yeah. the, Sem- the semites okay yeah, so yeah. um it's uh so 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 the curse is in a way a a kind of a declaration of a consequence because of an attitude towards nakedness and there's a theological symbology around around that, um, that that's going to be, that what seems like a slight deviation is going to, you know, a slight deviation once you go generations actually ends up a massive gulf and this is predicting this massive gulf that begins with this slight deviation. So it's got... Absolutely nothing to do with race, and yeah. sure, again, you know, slavers in the 18th and 19th century, even in the 20th century, have justified. Shame to yes, say, yeah. have used this to justify that, and you now, can't.
1: Uh, one, uh, quickly, really quickly, um, uh, you know, talking about that, another passage that is often brought up is Moses's second wife. <laughs> I don't know where you get this I from. Look, I've I,
2: never even thought of that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So Moses' second wife, uh, you know, there is a tradition, and again, even yeah, yeah. A, there is, and a Jewish tradition yeah. that Moses' second wife was a dark-skinned woman, right? Okay, and that the reason why Miriam complained is because you know, you know, okay, Mir- yeah, there's, the okay, story yeah. is, and it's in scripture. Miriam complains about the second wife. Basically, that Moses was interracially marrying and mixed racing yeah. type of thing, and you know God is but the but the, i 've never understood someone using that as a justification of no interracial marriage because the point of the passage is that God judges Miriam and says yeah, though yeah, Moses right. is yeah. right
2: you know yeah that's right but but in any case it's an, it 's a what you call an anachronism it 's reading yes. a modern mindset into an ancient text because yeah. there actually is no consciousness of Race in that sense, dark light, yes.
1: yeah. The, and, it's and, just and, not there. And we need to say that in in um, you know in in what is is sometimes known as the you know the navel of the world, the belly button of the world, yeah. around the Jewish Palestinian area that yeah. we know now, modern northern Egypt, all the way oh. through that. That is a melting pot That's of right. colors,
2: yeah. yeah,
1: and cultures. So much so that you will see in different traditions. Like one of my favorite one that I blew my mind when I was young, is I saw an early uh, rendition of Samson, yeah, as a very dark skinned man with yeah. dreads, yeah, you know, because he had yeah. the long hair and he would never cut his hair. And there was traditions <laughs> within the, the you know Jewish believers that he was of a darker skinned people, and you know coming in like so. There's yeah. even a depth of you know, if you want to talk about race purely as the color of your skin, there's even a there's not one standard within the Jewish, yeah. you know, tribe. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a it's
2: a very recent, historically speaking, a very recent invention, and it's quite yeah. arbitrary. It literally is as though we it could have been something else. Like, let's yeah. say it was red-haired people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That suddenly, or, or, uh, it,
1: it, like, and again, uh, no, uh, no,
2: nothing against red-haired people. By the way. Or, well, or let's say it was. I don't know about short the co- people about, or about the color it's about it the says eye color. blue-eyed blue-eyed people are somehow inferior or yes. you know whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's it it, it it's again, as arbitrary as it's that. It's arbitrary and ridiculous and uh, I, there is no um there is no justification you know in, in the scriptures. Does the scripture talk about slavery? Yes. Yep. Some people will even try to. I've, I saw somebody yeah, recently. That's another
2: big topic. But
1: when and again, yeah. we don't want to go into that. Slavery is a we're t- slavery is a lot different to you know yep. racism. But if you, but it wasn't a race based. There was no race based slavery. Yes. in the Bible. Yeah. This and this is an important point. I heard someone just recently in the news, I'm talking in the last couple of weeks, talk about the problem of Christianity and the fact that the Apostle Paul justified and they was talking about racism, but it was and I'm like, No. Saying that you know, the can you believe that the Apostle Paul and the early church sent yeah. a slave back to their master? in the name of God and they're talking about anesimus and philemon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I and I I almost like turned the radio upside down cuz I was like how dare you have the audacity to make that beautiful story that is talking about something so rich and so spiritual about race. Yeah. Today, I was just it blew my mind. Yeah, it it really. blew my is. So so I'm saying that there's and it's it's even
2: revolutionary in the way that it upturns slavery that yes, book. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's not go because yep. that's that's a massive. So- yeah. No, that's so-
2: fine. A C- couple of couple of scriptures, I think, just to just yep. to seal off the um the, the biblical view, which is just so simple. I mean, it, it really is. Th- there's just no trace of any uh, of racism. Yeah. Particularly skin coloured based racism. It's yeah. just not even. Uh, you know, as as we've said, skin color is as arbitrary as yes. the size of your nose. Yeah, you know, yeah. according to the Bible. Um, however, Romans ten twelve for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Yes, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. Acts ten. Uh, I now realize how true it is that God. This is uh, Peter. I re- now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation Amen. the one who fears Him and does what is right. So, um, so, again, I think it's worth. Uh, I think it's worth stating that I think that biblical view of all human beings as created in the image of God yeah. was always a revolutionary uh, idea. Yep. Um, and uh, and it's the first, you know, Bible is is really the first document to say that all men are equal and I think that's a, one of the wonderful uh, things about the Bible. So yeah. um, as we move on from that, I, I mean – just, just, I just want to make some comments on, um, I guess, some philosophical and anthropological perspectives from this. Um, there's a, a very important book um, called Jared Diamond, called Guns, Germs, and Steel, where he asks the question. Um, I guess he counters the that kind of colonialist view that enlightenment slash colonialist view that some people are primitive and other people are more advanced you know and that there's and and from that grew this idea that perhaps some racial groups are more inherently intelligent than others and he explores this idea and and I think he debunks Mm. that idea uh pretty resoundingly because it all it all again it all depends on what you mean by intelligence and how you shape that? there's a philosophical issue under underscoring that. And if you put it down to why, which he does, you know, why is it that some people why did the scientific revolution occur here and not there? and 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 I think he comes up with really good circumstantial um, evidence for that. But it also underscores something about diversity. You know, different people live in different places and also, there are some philosophical issues around there and we spoke about this in a, one of the first episodes where he talked about different kinds of knowledge yeah. and is scientific knowledge really the highest form of knowledge? <laughs> really, is it really the highest form of knowledge? Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember I, I listened to a lecture by uh, an anthropologist on a um, an, another uh, and it was actually a discussion on a podcast uh, that I um, called uh, Entitled Opinions, which I uh, dip into every now and again. Mm. And this uh, anthropologist, uh, she was saying that she met with a group of, um, you know, uh, like graduate students in a class. And she said, OK, everyone point to the north. And they all pointed in different directions, you know. <laughs> and that was, and, and, and then she was doing some work with um, Indigenous communities in Northern Australia. And she said to a bunch of kids, like five year old kids, point to the north. And they immediately pointed point in the, the same wrong direction. direction. And she said and and, and she said these kids, these little kids, could go out and survive for days by themselves. And 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 she pointed out that the the array of skills that you have to have Mm. to actually to actually do that Mm. uh, are staggering at the age that they were. And she said, you know, I have a PhD, I would have died. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Like if I would day. have been even exactly. out there yeah.
2: overnight, I would have had <laughs> helicopters looking <laughs> for me, you know, uh, because, you know, we're so yeah. We you know, and, 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 and in a sense we – and, and this, is a, this is a point that um, Yuval Noah Harari makes, again, uh, atheist, prominent atheist thinker, but I think he makes a valid point here when he points out that these supposedly primitive – People in Mm. primitive societies that we refer to as primitive, and I do Mm. put that in inverted commas, he said actually uh, are in a sense far more skilled and intelligent um, in a general sense because they are having to, they had to and are having to um, deploy a much greater array of skills. We're very specialised. Yes. Uh, You know, it's like... I have a specialization in this, but yeah. in any other field, I'm mm. completely lost. Yeah, yeah, and if I was out in the bush, yeah. I'd be dead within yeah. days. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so he he points out that we're actually he, he, the case that he makes, and I think it's a fairly compelling case that we're actually not more intelligent mm. than people then.
1: And that, and that's a great point, Matt. Or because, there, yeah, because because a, a subtle form. Of prejudice, I'll use that word Mm. prejudice. I won't even use the word racism about this. There's a subtle form of prejudice creeping into a lot of thinking, whether it's, you know, whether it's it's uh, overt or subtle behind the background. And this is under it's usually underneath the banner of what we call Western culture. Yeah, underneath the umbrella of Western culture, which. We all live, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably live in, yeah. you know, type of thing. Or it's the major influence for a lot of culture in the world yeah. today. Or if you're not born into a first world Western culture, you're probably trying to one day move to that area yeah. type of yeah. thing. So because of those things, yeah, a lot of people talk about the wonderfulness of Western culture and that it's somehow superior. And the next thing you know, go down a few steps and somehow yeah. some kid today that had no reason like didn't yeah. make western culture feels that they're responsible yeah. for it. And yeah. there's again some sort of superiority beginning to bubble yeah, that's up right. yeah. within within their heart. So I think that's a great point that you bring out that when you zoom out and you actually look at all yeah. cultures, it's all equal. It's all equal. Yeah, that's right.
2: And um and, and I think one of the things that happens and, and I guess moving to um causes of racism, that sense of superiority, because it's linked to that, is this idea that racism begets racism. So it's it begins with that ex- exact sense of superiority that is always unfounded. Yeah. Based on the biblical perspective, any sense of superiority is completely unfounded. Yeah. Um, so uh, it begins with this sense of superiority. Now that sense of superiority uh, begets... Racism, mm-hmm. okay, which begets certain social conditions, actually. It, mm-hmm. it elevates me and it demotes you in, in various ways. Yes. That creates a certain socialism, a certain social situation, not social, <laughs> a certain social situation, which then begets certain attitudes habitually. Okay, so these people are always in that situation. There must be something inherently... Um, disabling in, within them yes. somehow. Yeah. Uh, so it so this, those social situations create attitudes, which then create a sense of superiority, which yeah. then begets racism, and so you get this a vicious cycle, cycle. Yeah. absolute vicious cycle. Yeah. And and so I think what we experience is that that cycle going back a very very long uh, a very long way.
1: Yeah um again we got it we got we'll take a break in just a moment but i wanted to i wanted to leave one more point in this first half of the conversation and that is and matt i know you've got a a lot more to unpack a lot of the conversation we're having about race especially right now in the year 2020 but usually around race is an export of the american culture of the usa culture yeah Let's be totally honest with you. Uh, like, you know, when people talk about racism, the reason why there's conversations going on is because of the unrest and the beliefs and the culture yeah. and stuff that comes out of America in American entertainment, yeah. in American music, film, books, attitude, news, the media. Um, and, the, you know, this, we're sli- this could veer us into a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But there is, you know, different... Conversations we can have about race and superiority in every country, in every culture, in every history, but I want to avoid falling into the trap of just talking into American stereotypes. Yeah, because this is a much bigger conversation. Yeah, as, a, that. as if
2: we don't have racist problems. And again, that, and that's there. and that's
1: the thing. I, yeah. I look again. I, I won't go into the. you can send all hate mail to me. I actually find it hard to find excuses for race discussions in America. You know, I think there's mm. – a there's, I think the media makes a beat up of it. I think it's a way of of the powers that be keeping people divided. And, you know, there, there is so much equality in America and opportunity in America, whereas here in Australia, I think a discussion on how we treat our Indigenous people – I don't want to even use the word mm. race – how we treat our First Nations here – is a much more valid conversation about yeah. It's, disqual- it's a valid
2: com- I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with your first statement, but that's okay. And that's, and that's yeah, fine. Uh, uh, because I'm not sure that there. I'm not sure there are those equal opportunities. But um, and, and people would argue that. But let's not get into that. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I think. Um, I think that what we want to talk about here is an attitude. Mm. Uh, I really want to get to the attitudal stuff because I think this is bigger actually than just race. Uh, it's part of a, as I said, a kind of, an a. we seem to revert so easily to superiority paradigms of thinking and to making the other inferior, particularly someone who's not like me. Yeah. Now, this can happen across the river here in Geelong yeah. to, you know, like... Here we are sitting in Heighton and those, you know, and, and North Geelong, you know, Heighton kind of. Don't tell me that there can't be as much of a superiority issue now. Um, you know, people might think, "Oh no, um, no," but I don't think like that. Well, I, I, I'm actually going to challenge that Great. in the next half of the epi- episode. Great. So if you don't want to be, if you don't want to be challenged, <laughs> uh, <laughs> including with race, actually, yeah. I'm going to challenge uh, people a bit on that because. Um, I've said that the, the you know the issue of race is an issue of superiority, and and I think that's that's well founded. So the key is humility.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, yeah. The, and, we, and you're getting to we, a place now that is the pointy end of the stick. Yeah, that's right. When it comes to the human so heart. So what does that
2: look like? What does humility now look like for me? And this is where we get to a Christian approach to this issue. Yeah.
1: Thank <music> you. family. It's DJ here and interrupting this scintillating conversation about all things race, racism and the Bible and a Christian worldview to let you know that coming up in a couple of weeks around July 10th, 11th, around about there, you will see it advertised all over our social media. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the 100th episode of Of Thrive Deeper. That's right, episode 100. And what are we going to be doing around that? We're going to do it live. We're going to be doing a live streaming uh, version of the episode. You can tune in uh, via your streaming platforms and you can watch us. I know you've been dying to watch us do an episode live, but you can also send us your questions. So we're going to be letting you know when it's on and how to send us your questions in advance so we can do a little bit of homework on it. And we would love to have your questions. It's going to be covering. uh, I think it's our second last episode on the book of Revelation. So grab all your questions about the book of Revelation, send it to us. And for Thrive Deeper 100, we'll be doing it live via uh, you know online streaming. You can tune in from wherever you are, and we'll be letting you know when that is happening across our Facebook pages, our Facebook groups, on our website at thrivetoday.tv. Just stay tuned to all of that, and we'll let you know when you can get involved. It's going to really exciting Thrive Deeper 100 and we'll also be doing a little bit of a uh, you know discussion there about what we're doing with Thrive Perspectives so make sure you stay tuned for that we're really excited how that's going to go down all right that's enough from me make sure you visit us over at thrivetoday.tv let's get back into Thrive Perspectives it's actually episode 10 we're talking about race and the bible Thrive perspectives. We're back, Matt. We've uh, we're we're entering in now. Uh, we've used, you know, we uh, there's so many different rabbit trails. I'm trying to be really focused here. What we talk yeah. about, uh, you know, different cultures, and and we're talking about race, racism, superiority, all those different things in. Re- and we are to be honest with reacting to a lot of people concerned, especially younger people concerned, as they watch the television, as they consume social media. Media telling them what they should be thinking Mm. and feeling and doing to sort of justify themselves or feel like they're doing the they're on the right side of history, you know, type of thing. So, uh, so I want to I I,
2: I want to ask the question as we move to what a Christian approach to racism. Mm. Asking the right questions is 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 really important. So, rather than ask the question. Who are the racists, you know, so we can point the finger? Because I, I feel like at the moment we, we have this view that there are these terrible racists out there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we need to clamp down on them. Yeah. Okay, so who are they? Let's get them, let's, you know, let's get them, right? Uh, that's a caricature but I'm... Yeah.
1: Uh, but, it's a, but, but it's a caricature. I mean, sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I, I believe the media is pushing that narrative yeah. pretty hard. yeah. I, for one, am not buying into that narrative. I don't know if this is a whole other discussion, but I really want to hear where you're going to go to now because I think this is the heart of the matter.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I want to propose uh, a Christian approach and a better question, therefore, and I want to ask the question, am I a racist? Hmm. Because a Christian approach is one in which I actually look at myself and I ask the question of myself. Hmm. And... And, and I don't caricature the issue. see, this is um, you know, do I harbor a sense of superiority and not just with race because race is part of a bigger problem. yeah, do I harbor a sense of superiority in yeah. in any situation at all? Yeah. do I discriminate between people? Um, that that's the, these are the sorts of questions we need to ask uh, ourselves now, um, there's a there's a syllogism that we employ kind of. Unconsciously, I think a syllogism is a is a form of argument, and it goes like this. Yep. Okay. Um, premise one: racism is evil. Yep. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, T-tick. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what's being trumpeted. Yep. Uh, you know, racism is evil. I agree. Like tick. Okay. Yep. Premise two, because we have this, based on premise one. Okay, racism is evil. Premise two generally goes, well, I'm not evil. I mean, but like, and I'm not talking theological. I just think people don't think of themselves as evil. I mean, evil is something like we we have this, you know, this idea of it's not me. Okay, so racism is evil. Premise one. Mm. Premise two, I'm not evil. Conclusion. Therefore. I am not a racist, okay, so that's, that's the way it goes. And, of course, the problem there is, is this idea of evil. It's a caricatured yeah. concept of, uh, of evil. Yeah. Um, but what if racism actually is much more ubiquitous than we think, like much more um, widespread? What if it is much more, a much more deeply ingrained habit of thought than, than we think and, and particularly part of something else bigger? If we if we don't just apply it to skin colour. Let's say we apply it to where you live in Geelong. Yeah. Or what kind of education or even what occupation you have. I mean, all of these things are as arbitrary as yeah. skin colour. I mean, yeah. let's so let's let's put it all in the because theologically and ethically it belongs in the same yeah. box. So, so it's
1: it's no longer a discussion about <clears throat> racism is almost the negative way of looking at it the other side of the coin is superiority yeah like you know let's the 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 real heart of it is thinking yourself superior yeah to to the other that's right yeah to the other so so what i'm suggesting is that there is a kind of
2: normality to the attitude to the to the racist attitude there's a normality to that you got it that actually we all share in that uh, now, let me let – me, I'm just going to read a, an, a snippet from an article from um, a, a philosophy um, paper. Okay. Okay. A flurry of studies over the past few decades have shown that even self-avowed non-racists can still be robustly, implicitly biased against uh, black people. One classic test which you can take on yourself online has been used to show that people tend to more quickly associate the word black and white – with stereotypical properties than with counter-stereotypical ones. One study found that people were more likely to misidentify a tool as a gun when they had been primed by seeing a black face than when they had been primed with seeing a white face. Mm. Another study found that implicit negative associations with black faces were correlated with non-verbal unfriendliness in face-to-face interactions with black people. You are likely to have similar associations and quick reactions, even if you think you are explicitly non-racist or positively anti-racist. To mark the difference between these associations on the one hand and your stated attitudes on the other, many, many cognitive scientists call associations implicit and your stated conscious attitudes explicit. But how is it possible for you to take yourself not to be a racist and nonetheless have these implicit associations? What psychological explanation can we give to make sense of this dissonance? Okay, Mm -hmm. so the article goes on, but let me again move this um, because I think I mean uh, philosophy is about asking the right questions, and this article, uh, you know, is doing that. And and I would suggest from a more theological point of view. So how is it that we don't recognize these this implicit race racism? One of the things so so there it's anything that's unconscious is unconscious because somehow it's repressed. Yeah. Now one of the things that we know is one of the main causes of repression is shame. Mm -hmm. Okay. So shame causes us to repress. Now, it's been often observed that we live today in a shaming culture okay so so certain behaviors are caricatured racism right now we're going to get out there and shame on all those terrible racists now yeah. i i i think yes it is bad i'm not denying that it is bad i'm just saying it's more common than we think yeah. which could make that that way of approaching the issue an enormous exercise in hypocrisy really yeah. what i think we as christians need to do is look at ourselves Rather than go and placarding against all of those evil people out there, placard don't let's not caricature evil because there's a tendency it, for us to caricature evil in a way that is any not like anything that's in us. Mm. Okay, mm. Uh, but what can happen in, in in I think in this kind of culture, particularly a social media culture where there's a lot of shaming over s- stereotype yep. uh, groups of behaviour, yes. you know. Uh, and caricatured behavior mm-hmm. is that it 's shame, 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 shame on those races, shame, shame shame now what happens then is that racism just what that I think is there in in a in a very deep seated sense is actually just repressed, and when things are repressed, they actually control us more, not less yeah let me let me give you an, an example and and i 'm you know because again. A Christian approach is one in which I point the finger, at, you know, at myself. I analyse my own responses.
0: Mm.
2: I was in America uh, recently, and I was coming back from somewhere, walking at night, and I was walking down a street, mm. and there were a bunch of um, African American guys, you know, a bit boisterous, kind of, you know. As I, as I came around a corner, I was walking, and just I just noted within my reaction mm. a little bit of a heart. You know, and look, maybe I've watched too many movies, and, and uh, but I mean, here's part of the problem, isn't it? Because yeah. they're always portrayed, you know, the gang, the whole gang culture, and all yes. of this sort of stuff. And yeah. you know, I'm seeing the guys that look like what I've seen on the movies, and mm. and uh, I mean, and, and so my heart just starts beating a little faster. And I and I walk past, and you know, they turn to me, Hey, how you doing? Yeah, and I felt ashamed of myself,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I and 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 for the next few minutes, I analyzed what. What's wrong there? What's wrong in me? Yeah. Like, to, see, to me, to me, and I know that's not much, but see, to me, I need to recognize in me, why am I, why did I, re- I assume something there. And, and, and I, we, we are very much the products of our culture, and, and, you know, we, we are, yeah. and, and so I think the problem is very, broad spread but let's not just blame our culture mm-hmm. we need to also look at the way that we're responding mm-hmm. to my culture so actually i need to think more critical about the stereotypes that get uh, put out there and and i need to make sure
1: that i'm examining my heart and the how i'm responding i am 100% with you and in fact this gets me i don't want to i don't want to bo- i don't want to uh, derail us but if you ever want to corner me in real life if you get that opportunity and you want to talk further about this what your what your story there illustrates to me is one of the things that i really believe is the issue is is media is the media yeah. and and the narrative it pushes out and that it is a divisive narrative on purpose I, and i won't go down that road yeah, yeah. right now but i love your response to self-analyze and and think of that now the problem is in the social media world that we live in today and the and the self-justification, self-righteous world that we live in now is the thing to do then is to make a bigger show, to to yeah. cleanse your, yeah. to, to right your wrongs yeah. in your heart, yeah. you then make a greater show that you are anti the racist, yeah. you know, type of thing, which I believe, as you're getting to the point, Matt, we're, we're, we're only furthering... Division, divisiveness, yep. and self righteousness when we walk down that road. Yeah, yeah that's you know right. what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let, let me let me like turn it all the way back onto its head. I hear people talking about you know tolerance and anti racist and accepting and all these different things, and looking at the other and wanting to you know make sure that they're not like these people and that type of thing. And I I sort of go well. <sighs> How, you know, how, when you, when you, I'll get, okay, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, and he will never listen to this, so it's okay. My, my beloved uncle, my, yep. the, the, my, you know, uh, on my mum's side of the family, uh, you know, um, four brothers you know four brothers and a sister and and you know big family the youngest one is was always my favorite uncle you always got that favorite uncle yep. you know the one who's always singing yep. bit of a character the guy's on the motorbike he's you know bit of the, the the crazy one out of all of them and he's grown up in rural new south wales all his life he's worked um in amongst uh indigenous populations all his all his life and i consider him an incredibly loving you know wonderful person yeah. he's it, a product of his era for yeah. sure. When my youngest son Judah was born, we visited and yeah. he adores Benita and he – so I'll never forget this this situation, watching him in the kitchen, in, in this dining room, one arm around Benita. Yeah. In his other arm he's got baby Judah yeah. and he's holding Benita there and, he, and trigger warning for anybody who's worried about language, trigger warning yeah. here. He goes, oh, and he had tears in his eyes. He was so overcome with love because one of his favourite nephews married this beautiful girl and he's got another child and he's sitting there and he goes, oh, look at this beautiful little nigger baby. And Benita and I and I, lo- I started laughing because I know his heart. He means I'm so proud of my nephew. I'm so proud that he's married this woman and he's got a beautiful child here that's very African. And Benita goes, you know oh you can't say that and he immediately was like what i mean that he's beautiful i mean that he's beautiful i'm i i I'm a, I'm, and it was his way and again his way of honoring the african heritage there now is that politically incorrect language of course we don't mm. use those words or anything like that well anymore. well the point is is that words are
2: a matter of convention so yes. what i pri- how i privately use a word is not it's, you know, words belong to a social context, yeah. and that you know that word has become demeaning. So now I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I shuddered as you as you said that exactly. There's no way, no, no, whatever, I yeah. want to say that
1: exactly. So my so the point is, <clears throat> for some and people within our own fam, with my own family, have seen him use language like that in a situation like that, mm. and gone, well, he's a racist, and they 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 wipe him off. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I see where you're going there. Yeah, they wipe him off.
1: There's no, just there's no redemption for yeah. him, for my uncle. He's yeah. just he's he's one of the bad guys. And I was like, mm-hmm. hang on, he's yeah. that's that's not. So I guess so, my so co- that
2: gets us back in a sense to what we identify as racism. it's, yeah. it's not just about using. Politically incorrect words. It's actually about an attitude. Yeah. Um, and, and look,
1: and I don't and, want and to, I, think, I don't want anyone to take away, me take away that story. Going, oh, DJ thinks it's fine to use. And, it, yeah, it, that's <laughs> right. And so anyone that's listening, we please
2: don't, please don't use those words. Yeah. It's demeaning. It's not you know that's yeah. not a respectful way to speak. Yeah. Um But. Uh, I think coming back to the Christian view is that this is a matter of attitude. And the fact is, if we caricature the attitude, so it becomes this terrible evil thing that's nothing like me. Exactly. This is going the complete opposite direction to a yes. Christian view. Okay, Amen. Christian view. I point the finger at myself and I say, "Is this attitude in me?" Yeah. You know, you yourselves who are inclined, you know, do exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah. Paul says in in Romans chapter two. To me, that is what a Christian approach looks like. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, and, and I've, you know, uh, pointed out why I think this is far more widespread that, than we think. I was also uh, subsequent to that experience that I had in America. I read a really interesting book in um, the area of cognitive psychology. Actually, um, it's, a, it's a book by Daniel uh, Kahneman. It's called Thinking, mm. Fast and Slow. And it it sums up a lot of research in cognitive psychology. It's quite a dense read, but it's really interesting. He talks about two systems. We have two cognitive systems. A more it, system one, which is intuitive, makes snap judgments. Okay. Based on you know impressions and and conditioning and and yeah. uh, and then system two, which is more deliberate thinking, logically through something. Okay, so yeah. system two is if I gave you an equation to solve, you, you'd need to uh, you'd need Gauge to that expend, part of your brain. Yeah, yep, yep. and, and it, so system two needs more effort, whereas system one is that immediate you know immediate response. Now, um, interestingly, it's the system one that comes up with the racism is evil. I'm not evil, therefore I'm not a racist. That's a lazy kind of system one style. Immediate, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, ironically, so is our our implicit what in the article excerpt that I just read. This implicit racism superiority complex, or you know, the the implicit bias or discriminatory attitude that we hold against this person because they're from there, or they got this skin color, or because they have that. Uh, occupational, because they have whatever whatever our bias is, mm. uh, is is a system one response. Mm. Now we can retrain system one, but it's it's often not thought through. So there, there are a lot of people who, if well, and I hope most people operating in system two would, and particularly for Christians would look at the biblical evidence. Yes, that's right. Yes, no, that's racism is is a bad thing. We should not have that. Edit. And yet still walk down the street and system one kicks into action, intuitive, puts things together very quickly and uh, and responds in that way. So, um, and, and I think, that there, and there are a lot of, they've done a lot of ex- experiments showing how these two operating systems do operate in different uh, areas and, and it's really really interesting. But what it highlighted for me is that one of the things that we're all about as Christians is about changing our patterns of behavior and response, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And actually the Holy Spirit can do that in our lives. We're not stuck with the system one that we have. It yeah. can be reshaped. It can be educated, mm. uh, you know, and, and I think, I mean, that's what um, Daniel Kahneman part of what they want to say is they think that that system two can ed- re-educate uh, system, system one. one. I mean, I, in some ways, I think that's debatable because given all of the barrage of stuff that we take in, you know. But I do think, actually, as Christians, there's a there's a a very strong sense of the truth of that mm. uh, from a Christian perspective.
1: Mm.
2: However, in order to move forwards, we have to actually admit that there is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. System one, okay. Mm-hmm. Which means that the first thing that I, sh- the first thing that I need to do is not go out and protest against those evil people there. Now, I'm, now I'm not saying don't do that. I, I do think and, that there is a place for social action, okay? Mm-hmm. So, look, I'm not taking away from that at all. Uh, in, I, I haven't thought a lot about that, but I'm not, you know, I'm not against public action mm. um, in and of itself, okay? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to draw attention to is the attitude that we take to that Public action. Like if I have not searched my heart first, mm. you know, if I'm not dealing with this thing in me, mm. then um, it, it does make any level of public action uh, viable to the charge of yeah. hypocrisy. It, <laughs>
1: really, uh, you know. Well, 100%, especially if we're defining it, and this is what I think you're wanting to liable, do, that not viable. I'm using my language. <laughs> liable to the, the uh, charge uh, of hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. The... Like if we're making it if we're making you know, the the, the core sin of racism is not about skin color or observable differences. Yeah. It's about the feeling in my heart, that innate sin part of my yeah. being that says I'm superior because of whatever reason. Right. Yeah. I believe that's the root heart of yeah, yeah. of racism. And I believe that that until we get to the place that we go, like the Apostle Paul, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, I have been extended grace to me that I do not deserve and that is why I can sit down with anybody from any background, you know, you know type yep. of thing and talk because we're all deserving of God's grace and we're all deserving of that. Yeah. That – Combating that self-righteousness that we yeah. that every human carries with them to some part, yeah. wanting to justify ourselves—that's the fight that uh, that I really feel we need to be holding on to. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He- head on to the to the point where I challenged someone the other day around this very issue, talking about you know it was a, it was after the Black Lives Matter thing and people talking about that, and they were talking about you know. Not being racist and not being, you know, these type of things, and everybody's equal and everything like that, and talking about the bad other, like these racists and white supremacists, and da 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 da. da. Yeah. And I said, I feel like you're being the same spirit that you're accusing racists of having mm. this imaginary boogeyman. You've got in yourself. Yeah, that's right. About them. Yeah. Like <laughs> you are being like you are being racist. About racist, you know, type of thing, and that was a little bit that the, yeah, the yeah. conversation. I, I know. Well, and again, I'm being silly.
2: I, I get, like, yeah, I get what you're saying there, and and it does. I mean, your point is that it comes down to deeper attitudes and the way that we relate to other people, yeah. and because again, yes, racism is a really, really bad thing. Okay, yeah. but I, a Christian approach to it, always looks at. Me first, and looks at do I do I share in the basic fundamental problem that underscores this and leads to this? And and I this has been a this has been a area for, for me that um, you know coming from uh, particularly you know coming from a particularly the British side of my family. I mean, on German side of my family is probably another <laughs> another story altogether. But we but okay. the, yeah, we, uh, but you know, like th- there is this kind of. Um, uh, part of, of a, coming from a fairly sort of posh kind of family uh, background on, on my English side, proper, proper, Yeah, you know, with you know, sirs and generals and and, and all the rest, and and th- there's this kind of terrible s- sort of generational superiority complex that yeah. comes with that. That as that as a Christian. I've had to own that you know the biblical form of confession is we have sinned even as our fathers did and, and recognizing there's a ger- generational element to all forms of sin and yeah. by sin I mean these inherently corrupted attitudes okay mm. and 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 I've I've spent time before God, really confessing this and dealing with this with this sense of perhaps entitlement or superiority mm. that, that kind of I've f- discovered and found in myself and like weeding you know weeding my, my gut. And, and and the more the more I get involved in that fundamental Christian activity of confession and and, and being uh, growing through that to become something better, the less inclined, I am to look and point the finger at other people. It's Amen. like when I deal with what's going on in me, mm. it's difficult for me to condemn mm. other people. Mm. Uh, so I um, – it doesn't mean that I don't think that these other uh, – that uh, that people out there aren't doing wrong things. You, yes. you get my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying is, oh, suddenly yeah. suddenly that that's not as bad. No, yes. no. I'm not saying that's not as bad. I'm just saying that I've recognised that in me. 100%. And that is the essence of – you know I, I think of an honest Christian approach so you know how do we change this I mean there's a lot of things you know we haven't said in this episode we haven't you know talked a lot about our our own um, uh you know our own context and yes you know but I mean I could say the same thing uh, that example that I gave you of being in America yeah uh, I, I've had very similar experiences in Australia where, where I have recognized bad attitudes in myself yeah and and have thought, what is, where is this coming from? Okay. And, and just slapping myself on the, you know, back of the hand and, and castigating myself. It's not going to get me that when I have this, you know, these responses to, uh, to people who are not like me, you know, whether it's indigenous people, whether it's people of a different, uh, uh, class in society or different, whatever. Okay. Uh, just castigating myself isn't going to – it's not even – that isn't even going to work. I actually have to, before God, yeah. say, where is this coming from?
1: I, I, and, and I think
2: yeah. if, if we're all doing that, mm-hmm. because, again, society is the product of people. Mm-hmm. We create the society. Yeah. We can't just blame Society, this what is it's this, it's us, otherwise, it's it's us, right? Otherwise, this abstract thing that we, or or, or again, these caricatured people out there, these mythological racist boogeymen that that, uh, no, no, actually, we ourselves Hmm. are the problem. A Christian approach says the problem starts here and the Hmm. solution starts here, yeah, in in my heart and in Hmm. my attitudes. That I would suggest to you is the best starting point
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure as we wrap up the conversation Matt I think I I, hopefully people have been able to take away this (laughs) type of thing I I come from it from a really weird and you know when I want to get too personal with the story but you you've shared that personal story I I my mother would often tell me stories of how I was I was the opposite of you Mm. I was attracted to the other groups of people as a kid Mm. and I've always been like this. If I, when I was in America, when I was a 21-year-old, I'd travel around America six months by myself. When I would see, you know, when I was in LA and see gang members, (laughs) Mm. I'm the dummy walking in the middle going, ''Hi, guys!'' (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> G'day, coppers! And, and, and nine times out of ten, it always led me into some wonderful circumstances. Yeah. I just never had that streak of of the fear of the other. But the bit that I I identify with you, and the reason why I think this is a great conversation, is and I I often joke about this. My biggest struggle in my sin, the biggest thing that I I fall down in, all the time in my in my Christian walk, is a innate. In my very being, feeling that I'm better than everybody else, and you know, like people worry about this and that, and I just walk around just thinking I'm better than everybody. That's the innate, you know, the DJ, yeah. uh, the un, un DJ without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It, working. T- it takes courage.
2: I mean, this is what this is what Christian community is about. It's about it's about confessing these things, yeah. owning what's wrong, yeah. and saying, you know what? Let's agree together that we've got issues oh. here. Because how on earth are we going to deal with them as long as we keep repressing them? Yes. And being honest. We need to be honest and be able to talk about it and talk about, you know. Yeah. And if we just shame that, right, if we just shame and shame and shame, then what are you going to do? You're just going to repress that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Particularly if you're the shame man, you've got it in your own life. You know, you shaming others is actually going to cause you to repress your own issues even more. That's... You know that's not the culture that we that we want to create. We want to create a culture as Christians in which we can truly confess what is in us without any shaming. Mm. Bring it to the surface and say, "Please, God, lead us mm. to a place of true the liberty of humility."
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Please
2: lead us to that place. And, and I
1: guess that's why I react a little bit different about a lot of these things that are happening because. It's one of those principles in life that oftentimes the thing that you point the finger at the most, and there's common, you know, there's a lot of jokes and 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 and, and stories around this type of yep. thing. Like this politician or this preacher would preach all the time against this sin, yeah. Secretly behind the doors, he's guilty of that sin. You yep. know, we hear yep. common stories yeah, about yeah, that yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. For me in my human condition, the thing that riles me up the most and I get so vitriolic against the people doing it is self-righteousness. Mm. Why? Because I'm yeah. the most self-righteous person yeah. there is. Yeah. So I approach this whole area a little bit differently going, why are we doing it? Why are you trying to signal to everybody about what you're doing it? Where is the... You know, what is the motivation there? And I and that's why I, I approach this all a little bit different. And, again, a Christian approach is to
2: say, well, it's not for us to judge people's motivation and yeah. why they're going out and doing that. Actually, what we need to do is model. Yeah. As yeah. model a, a, a humble a humble approach. And that doesn't mean not taking public action. No. It doesn't mean not doing that, but yeah. um, I think there's first and steps, foremost, yes, yeah, there's, there's a few there's, steps before. We need to model that. Yeah. Look, just as, as, as we close um, – a couple of small things I, I mentioned in the discussion that we had on gender and sexuality in the last session yeah um, I mentioned uh, Douglas Murray's book yes. uh, the the Madness of Crowds. Mm-hmm. He has a great section on uh, on race and the way that we approach uh, that issue that that I think is um, is worth looking at mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I'll put that in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, put, put that in the show notes.
1: All right. Uh, now, as we leave this, as it's uh, it's it's going to be a discussion that comes up again and again, uh, as the media is pushing a particular type of narrative. I want to say one last thing, and I want you to say one last thing. Okay. My one last thing is, if the media is pushing a narrative to you, and by the media I mean news, movies, Netflix, the newspapers the radios is telling you one particular story over and over again. I just want people to do a little bit of homework and ask the questions about why. You know, is there anything behind that? Who owns this narrative? Who's benefiting from it? Who's making money from it? And I know I'm not not going into conspiracy theory land because as soon as you start saying anything like that, immediately the narrative is, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. There's nothing to... Well, I think there is reason to ask questions. We should always
2: think critically about everything.
1: And that's what I'm encouraging people to do, especially when the overwhelming narrative, as soon as you see a social trend happening where everybody is hopping on, ask the questions. And I know you're a
2: big one for that and you love being, uh, yeah, like... Uh, you, you, uh, you know, because you have a tendency. If there's a massive popular movement, you'll
1: just go the other
2: way. <laughs> that's my. That's <laughs> <It's> my. Like,
1: <laughs> that's my natural tendency. And I'm always saying, "Whoa, DJ, don't <laughs> just you know." Uh,
2: that's
1: that's my you know, natural tendency. You,
2: you would you would you would have loved Kierkegaard, you know, oh, because yes. Kierkegaard said the simply said the crowd is untruth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what, that was his. He said, "If the crowd's
2: doing it, it's probably wrong." Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a little a little extreme because I think, you know, I think people are responding to something generally problematic. Okay, and 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 you know, I'm a, I'm not uncritical of the media. The media, uh, you know, it's just so rigged. And and yeah. it, when I say rigged, it's 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 often, um, you know, they they will play on you know certain selective perspectives and and, 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 and actually you know often they can be legitimate perspectives and and the legitimate perspective here that the media are bringing out is that this this is a really bad thing okay this thing called racism is a really really bad thing it is a problem in our society we're not arguing with that um what we're simply saying is that it's a problem that we ourselves are not free of And a Christian approach is one where I don't point the finger at other people, where I point the finger at myself and I say, God, show me where the root attitude behind this, show me where this is present in myself and help me to be a better person in the future. That's the difference. That's the Christian approach in this, I believe.
0: Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. This was another DJP.fm production.